0: everybody. It's Allie and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, February 18th, 2018. Apparently, This is what happens when Chelsea is backed into a corner. Last week, according to what she said, she started this entire scheme to skim cash away from her own company just in case Victor decided to blow up her world, and reveal Christian's paternity secret to Nick and to everyone, and this week, she's threatening to reveal it all herself. (laughs) Okay, um... On Monday, Victor issued Chelsea a very stern warning that she needed to get her life on the up and up or Victor was going to see to it that she spends the rest of her life in prison. And then Victor turns around and tries to cover up Chelsea's mistake, make right what Chelsea has done by offering Lauren a briefcase full of cash. <laughs> now you guys know I love the briefcase full of cash. It was like happy Valentine's Day. I mean, the way to a woman's heart, really. The Skip the flowers, skip the chocolates, skip the romance. Just go straight to the briefcase full of cash. I'm surprised Lauren wasn't fanning herself <laughs> with all of that money because I would have been. I mean, he like uh, literally just uh, he, like, calls Lauren over to his office. Uh, just, Gives her this briefcase. She opens it up, and and Victor proceeds to tell her that, oh, he kind of just found out through the grapevine about the uh, cash that was stolen away from Lauren's company. And he's prepared to just give her this money that happens to also be the exact amount that was stolen from Fenmore's. But the catch is Lauren can't ask any questions. You have to take this cash, but it's no questions asked. Gee, that's not suspicious. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Lauren agrees. Her company needs the money, apparently. Uh, but Phyllis finds out about, about this and Phyllis has agreed to nothing. She does not share the, uh, the obligation to Victor that Lauren does. So as soon as Phyllis... Realizes that Victor was involved in this in a peripheral way. It makes her more convinced that Chelsea is involved in this directly than ever. Not only is Chelsea stealing from her friend's company, from Lauren's company, but Phyllis, I think, is taking this so personally because she was married to Nick and because she still considers herself very good friends with Nick. And she believes, I think rightly so, that Nick is a good guy who deserves better. In that sense, I really personally feel like Phyllis is justified in pursuing Chelsea. I think that I would probably pursue Chelsea. Nick is being lied to, he is being fooled. But he doesn't want to believe it, despite all of his instincts and all of the red flags all over the place, Nick wants to have faith in Chelsea. So he actually does end up telling Phyllis to back off. You know, he doesn't want to do anything that's going to destroy his relationship. He believes that if there was evidence out there, it would have been found by now. But Phyllis convinces him to just give her a little bit more time. 48 more hours. I will get you some evidence. And the fact that he agreed to that says that he does still have this nagging suspicion in the back of his mind. We've seen it all over the place this week. I mean, there was a moment where Nick almost hesitated for like five seconds before having sex with Chelsea. (laughs) That is not a very Nicholas Newman thing to do. The man loves sex, always says yes to sex, and we saw him hesitate for about five seconds. So you know that his world and his mind is a little bit rocked by this. But he agrees to let Phyllis do this kind of dirty work for him, right? Like, all right, I'm going to let you continue to pursue this, but I'm going to be over here trying to have a happy Valentine's Day with Chelsea. And Phyllis's research allows her to make a positive ID between the money that was given to Lauren by Victor in the briefcase and the money that Nick and Chelsea took to the police when the police had that money to make sure it was clean they did log the serial numbers on the bills and what do you know those serial numbers match what Victor had given to Lauren in the briefcase so way to go Victor by the way uh, I'm surprised that Victor didn't find a way to like wash the money or launder the money or however that works he just literally handed it right on over to Lauren uh, that's a Victor he's, he's, he's losing it a little bit. He's slipping. He let, that, um, he let Phyllis find that out. So all the while, though, that this is going on, Chelsea is scrambling to come up with many different ways to deflect attention from what she's done, and specifically when it comes to Nick. So as Nick continues to show hesitation when it comes to this issue around Chelsea and the scam, Chelsea comes up with a lie. She tells Nick, "Okay, fine, fine, fine. I do have a confession." She tells him a half truth, right? This is a this is part of the con. This is part of the con artist's mentality. She tells him a half truth, okay? And she she has a confession. There is more, okay, to than to to what she knows about the scam. She tells Nick that it was Jordan that was behind the website, though. Jordan was the one who built it and scammed it. And she couldn't say anything about it because she was afraid that Jordan would come after her. And she's got a family. And and she's just trying to protect Nick and the children. Basically, it was another lie to cover up all of her lies. And Nick is standing there like, okay, well, thanks for the confession, but that's still kind of more lies that are being revealed to me. You already told me there was no more that you knew, and now here you are again telling me there was more to the story than you originally told me. Well, Chelsea has to act offended. She she immediately goes on the defensive and says, well, then, you know what, then? If you can't trust me, then maybe we just shouldn't be together. And in fact, she said that twice during this week that's she, she kind of made that threat to Nick at two separate times now that is a, a real special form of manipulative tactic y'all like putting the blame on the innocent person like it's their fault for not trusting you That is really, really shady. And when she says, well, then maybe we shouldn't just be together if you don't trust me. Nick, I think, checks himself. Nick doesn't want to be that guy. So he forgives her and then accepts a marriage proposal from her. I'm sorry. (sighs) But I feel like Chelsea proposing to Nick was just... Another manipulation. It was just another tactic to cover her tracks. And these are the moments cumulatively that made it really difficult for me personally to root for Chelsea throughout the week. In fact, her proposing to him kind of flipped me altogether into wishing that Chelsea would get busted. I feel really bad about that, but the thing is, I I would normally feel really, really sorry for Chelsea with everyone turning on her and not trusting her if I didn't know that she was lying. Billy wanted to give Chelsea the benefit of the doubt. Billy went out of his way to convince Phyllis to back off of exposing everything that she learned about the dollar bills uh, long enough to let him have an opportunity to talk to Chelsea to see if he could get her to open up to him. But Chelsea still chose to lie Billy tried to talk to her and she denies everything of course Uh, so that was Chelsea's choice and so Phyllis makes her choice Phyllis confronts Chelsea with her irrefutable proof about the matching money serial numbers and tells Chelsea that if she doesn't break off this proposal or this engagement with Nick then Phyllis is going to go to the cops about all of this. Chelsea's going to end up in federal prison over this. So Phyllis is... Serious at this point. And I think Chelsea knew that she was caught. That was the moment where she stopped denying and started negotiating. She realized that Phyllis is serious. She is not going to be dropping this. And so Chelsea drops her own card. And in, in fact, it's the only card that she has left to play. Chelsea tells Phyllis that if she tells Nick or anyone else about these crimes and lies that Chelsea has been behind, then Chelsea is going to tell Nick and everyone that Nick is not Christian's father. That Adam is. I was not expecting that. I had to do a double take like, wait a minute. The logic here, Chelsea, is, hey, Phyllis, If you make me hurt Nick, then I'm going to hurt him even worse. Chelsea would rather destroy Nick and Christian's lives by revealing the secret rather than destroy her own life, that felt like a move where Chelsea was very, very clearly choosing self-preservation over what she had already determined was the right thing. She had already gone through the mental process of believing and accepting that keeping the lie was better for Nick. It was better for Christian. That was where her mentality was. And now when pressed with the idea idea of the truth coming out. Her go-to was to just blow up Nick and Christian's world rather than trying to find some other way to work this. I just... That was very, very surprising to me coming from Chelsea. And I think that she's going to lose this bet. I think it was a big, big mistake to 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 reveal the the even bigger secret to Phyllis. I mean, uh, this is betting on the fact that Phyllis is just going to take this information about the paternity, turn around and decide to keep quiet about that. And I don't think Phyllis will. I honestly don't even think I want. Phyllis too. We had some conversation last week and I saw some comments coming in this week about the appropriateness of Phyllis investigating Chelsea throughout these past couple of weeks, doubting Chelsea, digging up things that maybe shouldn't have been, you know, dug up so I thought I would toss that out to you guys as our official poll question of the week. Do you think that Phyllis should keep investigating Chelsea, keep pressuring Chelsea, keep like coming on strong with Chelsea? Are you rooting for Phyllis and wanting her to, you know, bust up the secret? Or are you in the camp of hoping that Phyllis just backs off? Go to yrchat.com and vote in that poll and let me know how you are feeling about Phyllis's tactics here. I think The the fact that Phyllis now knows about this other big secret that Chelsea has been keeping, another big lie that Chelsea has been keeping, is only going to make Phyllis feel more determined to expose Chelsea. I feel bad for Nick for what is coming. (laughs) I think that the truth is coming and I just feel really bad for Nick and, and 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 what he's gonna feel. I can't see how this is going to end any other way than with Chelsea either going to prison or going on the run. We know that the actress is leaving the show and at this point no signs are pointing to her having a happy ending. and I will also say why will not not have Chelsea kidnap these ch- these children. They're they, like they may be sending Chelsea out of town with her tail between her legs but they will not make her kidnap one or either of or at least will not have her kidnap Christian. She Connor's her son. I could see her leaving town with Connor but she would not just take Christian Weiner would not do that. I personally think that Nick is going to be left in a shambles of a life uh, with both children because think about it too just because Chelsea is Adam's widow doesn't necessarily mean that she would win custody of Christian anyway Nick they're both the step parents to Christian so I mean it would be I would think kind of an equal battle for custody of you know all things considered equal and frankly if the truth comes out about the lies and the scams and everything illegal that Chelsea has been doing no judge would grant custody to her anyway so there's a I think probably a really strong Possibility that that Connor's gonna get ripped away from her too. Ugh, I just I it's I, as a viewer, I'm so conflicted because I want this truth to come out because it's dramatic and it's soapy, and that's what soaps are largely about. You know, secrets kept and secrets exposed, and all of the drama and juicy bits that happen in between, but I was not wanting complete and total decimation of Chelsea's character. So I'm kind of locked in this gray area, which ironically, I mean, the gray areas of life are where Chelsea and Adam were always
1: the most comfortable. on Thursday's episode Noah
0: shows up out of nowhere and he's at Victor's office talking about his future and I thought okay great well this is good we're getting some movement on Noah reconsidering his life but he's saying that Victor did him this great favor by giving him a wake-up call last week and Noah says he is ready to make something of his life okay good 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 Good. You know, Noah wants to start making his own opportunities rather than letting other people hand him opportunities. And then Victor turns around and promptly hands him an opportunity, which he takes. Noah calls this big family dinner to make an announcement. And again, I'm thinking, great, this is this is kind of exciting in a way, because we've all been talking about what are some other things that Noah could do? Maybe we're at the beginning of that. Maybe who knows? We can see Noah go to law school or this or that. It could be fantastic. But no, Noah announces at the dinner that he is deciding to take a job that Victor has offered him. At Newman Enterprises in Mumbai. Uh, uh, <laughs> halfway across the world. And he's leaving tomorrow. So bye. Bye, Noah. Bye. What the heck? What the heck? <laughs> First of all, how is working for Victor making a path for yourself? How? Second, how is working for Victor, even if it's on another continent, going to be any different for you? How's it going to work out any differently than it did the last time you worked for Victor? And more importantly, tomorrow? You're, you're leaving tomorrow? No notice at all? Uh, 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 Robert Adamson, the actor who plays Noah, is just gone now, I think. Soap, uh, or soap's in Depth. Confirmed. I went to their website uh, that he is leaving the show. And then I followed a link to get to his Instagram where he was um, saying goodbye to the fans and making it sound like also that it wasn't really his choice to leave the show. He was quoting uh, a mentor of his that said that, you know, saying, well, you got to kind of accept that the job always ends. And he was also putting out there that he would like to come back anytime. So that adds up to me as not his decision. And it bugs me because Wiener has always, always done a horrible job of developing the character of Noah. This is a legacy character with loads of potential. He is the child of one of the most iconic couples in daytime history. I remember when this child was born and YNR can't think to do anything with him better than just 10 bar. It's not the actor's fault. It's not the character's fault. It's YNR's fault. Four different actors have given us adult iterations of the character of Noah, and if you think about it, none of them have really stuck. None of them have really made it, you know, Wyanar's never made it spectacular, uh, and, 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 and in a lot of ways, it's just like, this is a character that Wyanar just seems to refuse to develop into his full potential. Oh, but Faith! Faith! The character of Faith has practically had a leading role on this show. For crying out loud, in the past
1: year, Faith has probably had more lines than Noah. Speaking of characters who never reached their full potential,
0: it's Colleen's birthday. This week goes on Monday, and... I just thought that Colleen was such a beautiful, spunky little troublemaker, and I loved her. I was very connected to the character of Colleen, and I was very pleased to see an acknowledgement of her, especially now that JT's back on the show. JT has really been thinking about Colleen a lot throughout this past year, and I was surprised to see that he made the decision to visit Tracy on Colleen's birthday and to acknowledge Tracy and to acknowledge her daughter, and especially since no one else in the family really did anything to help Tracy through this. We saw a scene where Jack realized that he forgot Got that it was Colleen's birthday. I mean, Tracy's standing there dealing with her grief independently, as she always does, and it dawns on Jack that it was Colleen's birthday and that he forgot. I mean, it made Jack look bad, of course, but at least he realized that he forgot. Tr- Ashley was nothing. Ashley was zero. Ashley was nowhere, which I think is even worse. It bothers me now that I'm zeroed in on Tracy, that she does everything for everyone else. She's always there to support everyone else and no one is ever there to support her to acknowledge her She's just an angel. (laughs) That woman is just an angel. To lose a daughter and then to be able to have a conversation with JT where she is smiling through tears, thinking about life's blessings instead of wallowing in the pain that we know she feels, honoring her daughter by imagining what Colleen's life would have been like today. I was just so impressed with Tracy as usual. I want to see more people like Tracy on YNR. I want to see more good people on the show, just people who have their heads on straight and that believe in some kind of goodness and who, you know, who, who exude that. And like, on some level, I just get the feeling that the actress who plays Tracy Beth Maitland is every bit as positive and good as the character is. And I just want, I just want more of that. And, um, with the flashbacks that we saw of Colleen and Tracy talking to JT, I, I cried. I wept. I sat there and just cried. It made me sad. I was, uh, you know, in a, I was, I was, I felt very uh, affectionate toward the character of Colleen. Always. I always liked her. Um, I liked the first actress, Lindsay, Lindsay Fonseca. I don't know how to say her last name, but I liked her very much specifically. Uh, but I liked the last uh, actress who played her. I was very affected when she died. And, I took it all to heart, of course, um, because Brad had just died. But again, it, it was in large part because of the heartfelt performance of Beth, Beth Maitland, um, a mother, losing her daughter. Oh, well, but Colleen was a sticking point for Victoria and JT in their relationship. Victoria was always very insecure about Colleen, much in the same way that JT is apparently insecure about Billy. Um, JT doesn't tell... Victoria, that he was planning to go visit Tracy and to honor Colleen today, until Victoria calls him while he's at the Abbott house and she starts to talk to him, realizes where he was, realizes what day it was, and I'll admit, Victoria was a little bit inappropriate. She's talking on the phone to JT as if it's any other day. N- you know, even after she finds out that it's Colleen's birthday and where he is, she's talking about what. and just being real casual as always talking about work of course when the tone for JT was much more somber so I'll admit that was a little inappropriate but it was more inappropriate for him to just hang up on her to just refuse to have a conversation I'm sorry but me if if someone is hanging up on me on the phone if we're having a conversation I don't care what it is and you hang up on me we're done we're just done you're not mature enough to have a conversation you must hit the eject button. Button. And I don't have time for that in my life. I don't care who it is, whether it's a, a a boyfriend or a family member or a friend or whoever it is. I don't got time for it. You don't want to have the conversation. We're done. We're just done done. <laughs> so I was an I it just bothers me. It's a pet peeve of mine. It's unacceptable to hang up the phone on someone. And it so it bothered me to see JT doing that to her. I mean, of course, it ended up facilitating the first big argument of the week that they ended up having when he returns to the office from visiting Tracy. And they basically end up on the heels of this Colleen thing, airing out all of the insecurities that they have between them, um, letting their jealousy just to hang free and being real open and honest about it. I mean, for two people, who are wanting to be together, who are new to being together again, they are making it really unnecessarily hard on themselves. I don't know. I don't know why. Why are you being jealous? The person Victoria is jealous of is dead. And and, and JT never mentioned Boo about being jealous of Billy before. Now, all of a sudden, he's jealous about that. I mean, at, in the at the end result, of course, is them reaffirming their commitment and then JT says this really haunting line that I wonder if you guys you guys zeroed in on. He looks at Victoria and says, "I'm sorry, you know what? It would just it would kill me if you left me." So, it would kill me if you left me. And that uh, it comes off to me as one of two things. It's either really sad if he is dying, as we've theorized with the medication he's taken and the heart condition and all that, or it is really creepy and kind of stalkerish. <laughs> if he's not dying and there's nothing else going on, it would kill me if you left me. Is kind of stalkerish, isn't it? Like Are we getting into, are we, are we driving into an emotionally abusive situation here? JT and Victoria try to have a romantic Valentine's Day at the top of the tower party. And Victoria is mixing business with pleasure. She's on her phone. She's talking to Victor as she always does. I get it. It's annoying. But JT is brooding in the background, as he always does. JT has this very notable disdain for Victor. It's always in the air, yet he's involved with Victor's daughter. He's working for Victor's company. It's a volatile situation, and I think the word volatile is a really great word to describe JT right now. I just keep waiting for him to explode. He sees Billy and Victoria dancing at the Valentine's Day party. Again, maybe not the smartest thing for Victoria to do when she should know by now that she has to walk around on eggshells in front of her big baby boyfriend. Hey, Victoria, how's your fun new relationship, by the way? Are you enjoying walking on those eggshells? It sounds like a blast. <sighs> I get it. I mean, I wouldn't want to see my significant other dancing with somebody else on Valentine's Day, but JT returns to the table and uh, Victoria follows him and JT's just sitting there pouting. He actually had, ugh, he had the champagne taken away. Like he goes and sits down pouts at the table and says, take the champagne away. I am done, he wants to end the evening and go home. The party is over because he's decided. So Victoria said, okay, okay, we'll go home. And when they, <laughs> we'll go home little boy. You ready for your nap time? You ready for bed? they go home. <laughs> And they have the second big argument of the week where JT makes a scene. He's raising his voice. It's late at night. The kids are upstairs sleeping. He's making a scene saying that he feels like he is second choice to Billy, like he's living in Billy's life, raising Billy's kids. And Victoria treats him like he's an outsider. I, I feel... So awful for Victoria because I'm it, it felt like she's standing there going, OK, um, how can I fix this? Like Victoria's trying to defuse a bomb that makes no sense. Where is all this coming from? He isn't. I just don't get it. He storms out. And he doesn't come home. This is big a big enough of a deal to him that he storms out and stays out for the entire night, comes crawling back the next morning, and the tone is, yeah, sorry, I was mad. The thing is, and this is a quote, the thought of losing you makes me crazy. Okay, ding, 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 ding. (laughs) It would kill me if you left me. Uh, The thought of losing you makes me crazy. Here we are again, sounding stalkerish. And I think that Victoria is now looking to me more and more like a future victim. This is this is giving me red flags. Please, please, if anybody out there is in a situation like this, just get out. Just get out. Red flags are everywhere if you allow yourself to go with your gut. And in this situation, sorry, Victoria, maybe you guys are cute. Maybe you had something at some point, but red flags are everywhere for me anyway and but she still forgives him she still decides to forgive him it bothers me that all he has to do is kind of say oh sorry babe didn't mean to hurt you I only hurt you because I love you so much and it's kind of the vibe that I keep getting maybe I'm projecting or something but it's just I it it <sighs> I don't think he's worthy necessarily of of her forgiveness. I would kick him out. I would boot him out. It bothers me that he even has Victoria apologizing. At the end of this, she's apologizing for being insensitive by, you know, like dancing with Billy. When JT, he's hanging up on her. He's staying out for the night. Like he's refusing to engage in the conversation. He's he's refusing to be mature and then she's apologizing for not being mature. I feel like JT is manipulating Victoria in the same way that Chelsea is manipulating Nick. It's mind games and it bothers me. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm alone. Maybe. (laughs) JT had one shining moment of the week. Only one. (laughs) Ashley summoned him for a meeting and Ashley was kind of trying to use JT as a go-between for making peace with Victoria. Maybe it was sincere. Maybe Ashley is sorry that she came out of the gate so hot at Newman Enterprises and with Victoria. Maybe Ashley does truly want to be the bigger person and she was trying to reach out to JT hoping he could help smooth some of the edges. But I'm having a hard time trusting Ashley right now given how hot she came out of the gate. So her olive branch with JT seemed a a little insincere to me um like as if I kind of almost got the vibe, like, if Ashley is manipulating, then maybe she was just hoping that talking to JT would get under Victoria's skin. Like, if JT's showing back up, uh, talking to Victoria with any signs of supporting Ashley or being friendly toward Ashley, that that would really just ignite more of an infuriation in Victoria. So I was pleased to see JT shut it down. He said to Ashley, I am here to do a job, okay." I am not here to pass notes between you and Victoria uh, but if you ask me I don't know I think JT uh, his volatility is going to blow up sooner sooner or later
1: I just think he's going to end up having revenge sex with Ashley or Lily or somebody Since Ashley did not accept Jack's offer to
0: return to jabot he had no choice but to hire a new chemist. I don't blame him. That seemed to be the right thing to do. So he hires this very esteemed chemist named Helen Wallace. She is beautiful. She's talented. She's poised. And she's very jealousy worthy if you're Gloria. <laughs> oh, I love Gloria. It was really nice to see Gloria this week. I don't know what her title is exactly. I would love to know that. But I love the way she was just floating around the office this week in her red cape. She looked beautiful. And I just love the way that Gloria has this undying support for Jack. She just elevates Jack like he hung the moon. It's like she looks up to him, right? And I I don't know. I kind of almost wonder if Jack really does remind her of her husband, John. I mean, she was married to John when he died, or they were at least that was his last relationship. So I wonder if if Gloria kind of idealizes John and sees parts of 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 Jack, uh, you know, you know, and his father or vice versa. Uh, But she takes one look at Helen (laughs) <laughs> and sees competition for Jack's affection, and she doesn't like it one little bit. So we'll see. I don't know if we're going to continue to see Ms. Helen on the scene, uh, but I, it's funny that it it, bre- it drew out some feelings in Gloria that I was happy to see. Uh, meanwhile, Ashley is at Newman Enterprises. She's like closing big deals that Victoria was not able to close and making Victoria squirm. I really liked the scene early in the week where Victoria pitches to Victor the idea that Ashley could just be a mole for Jabot. because, yeah, yeah, it's not even a far-fetched idea. And Victoria is betting on that, of course, now. Come on. I mean, okay, I just, I still, I, I, it still astonishes me that Victor would give Ashley a seat on the board, that he would give her all this power. How can Victor even expect that Ashley would have full loyalty to Newman Enterprises when she still maintains a seat on the board at Chabot. She's got a seat uh, on the board of both companies. And Ashley profits when the competition succeeds. So if Chabot does well, she does well. If Newman does well, she does well. But it creates a conflict of interest that I'm surprised Victor would just let go. And when Victoria brings all this up to him, he doesn't buy it. He just wants Ashley there, unequivocally. He's not, not going to argue about it. He wants to keep Ashley around, probably to continue to feed into Victoria's insecurities. Victoria ends up having a conversation with Billy about what happened at Jabot. Billy doesn't really tell her that much, but Billy it tells her enough to give Victoria this a sense that Jack would love to have Ashley back at Jabot, and it dawns on Victoria that ja- that she and Jack have a mutual interest in that regard. So she approaches Jack with a plan that will oust Ashley from Newman Enterprises, and of course, Jack. Jack will be waiting there with open arms to take her back to the family company. Victoria, hands over these watermarked documents that were Ashley Abbott's like they must have her name on it outlining a big acquisition a big acquisition acquisition deal these are Ashley's private legal documents on this big deal and Victoria takes them and places them right into Jack's hot little hands and it's essentially creating the illusion that Ashley must have given them to Jack because how else would he have got them other than the fact that they live together in the same house and he totally could have stolen them from her briefcase at any point. But never mind that potential backfire. Nobody thought about that. Jack just takes Victoria's lead in all this, although he feels a little bit guilty. He said, you know, he says out loud, sorry, Ashley, but it's for your own good. Yeah, because every time you do something for someone's own good, that always actually works out in your favor, doesn't it? Uh, I guess the hope is just that Victor will buy it, that Victor will believe that Ashley is working at Newman Enterprises only to plan a coup for Jabot. So, I I mean, game on, right? That was Victoria's big move. I'm going to guess that the majority of people were a little bit happy to see it because based on last week's poll results where I asked you, Ashley versus Victoria, who are you rooting for? 54%, 54%, a pretty slim majority though, were rooting for Victoria. <laughs> so, I'm assuming the majority of you were happy to see it but that is a pretty close cut. I'd say in a way, that's a um, I like it when votes are split real close. That's a signal to me of a good storyline. Like, if if, if if you guys are, are that closely split on Ashley Victoria that must mean that it's effective in some way. I, um, I voted in support of Victoria, even though I love Ashley, but the tide seems to have turned a little bit, at least on the surface, because now this week Victoria seems to be the shady one while Ashley is supposedly trying to make peace. We saw a scene where Ashley even went out of her way to apologize to Jack for being a little bit shady and snarky toward the new chemist that he hired, and that kind of made uh me and probably made, made Jack feel a little bit bad for her
1: stabbing Ashley in the back again, and possibly ruining her reputation too. I got a little bit of a kick
0: out of Billy and Phyllis's Valentine's Day proposal paranoia. Both Phyllis and Billy were independently nervous that the other one was going to end up popping the question on this romantic holiday. But in the end, each of them realizes that they're happy where they are. They don't need to feel pressure to get married. And I totally support that. I love Billy and Phyllis but I am not having some kind of burning desire to see them get married and have this big wedding ceremony. That's really almost not even the vibe of how they work together. I really like the idea of them just being a little more forward thinking and, um, and just enjoying each other's company and not feeling the need to, um, to have a, a, a ceremony. I mean, you know, it's just, it's okay to be a committed couple who enjoys each other and is not married, I think anyway. Um, so instead of a diamond ring, Billy bought Phyllis a car <laughs> that we will never see ever. Uh, we saw the key. And then Phyllis bought Billy an insanely expensive watch that he didn't even take out of the box. <laughs> Whatever, it's totally cool with me. um One note that I couldn't help but notice. Um, Billy and Hillary seem to have a lot more interaction lately. And we speculated last week about a twist that you never know could reveal Billy uh, as Hillary's sperm donor. But what if it's not a twist? What if Billy offers
1: to be Hillary's sperm donor? My jaw just about dropped when I saw the hot guy who sat down at the bar next to Hillary on
0: Friday. I literally stood up, walked over to my screen to get a closer look at this hunky guy, and I said out loud, ooh, that's what I'm talking about, YNR. Like, if you're gonna not let Devon and Hillary be together, then give me a proper triangle or something. You know, give me, give me a, a, a give me a conflict here. And I, I was like, give me some more of that guy. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, he opened his mouth. Um, he is pretty much, the, the this man is the perfect representation of the guy who looks good on paper. You know, he's got the Stanford education. He is funny. He's involved in uh, comedy, tr- stand-up comedy and yada yada, but he's insufferable in real life. You know, he's conceited and he's self-consumed and he's presumptuous and Hillary thinks he looks familiar. She's trying to take a good look at him, realizes that he's one of the sperm donors. She looked at and she's I, I just think she died a little inside <laughs> like oh, this jerk could be the father of my baby it probably actually did kill the idea of in vitro altogether for her but it's still not smooth sailing back to Hillary and Devon you know it, it, it once again it kills me because Hillary and Devon have such a bond, such a spark. And then every time I think that we're getting somewhere, it's one step forward and two steps back. Devon came to that Valentine's Day party with Simone, who was performing and she sounded really good, by the way. I liked uh, the song and that she was playing the guitar and um, she sounded great. And it was a, a nice, potentially romantic moment. Devon had asked Hillary if she would save him a dance which I think came off kind of flirty and I think Hillary was flattered and enticed by it so she takes him up on it she says you know what I will take you up on that dance they're spinning around the dance floor having some fun talking having a good time and Devon reveals that he's actually there dating Simone he's brought Simone to this party not only as a performer but as his date ugh <sighs> ugh ugh that's gross. (laughs) Like, like, what are you thinking, Devon? What are you thinking? Why? I I felt bad for Hillary, like walking away humiliated. Although, again, I do recall her flaunting her relationship with Jordan in Devon's face. So I guess uh, turnabout is fair play. But I don't I don't know. Is he playing games? Um, It just something about that just did not come off right to me. Back at the office, though, Devon happens to be going through Hillary's uh, like old flash drives from the Hillary hour and he finds the hidden cam video of Hillary confronting Juliet about her night with Kane. And this video very clearly shows Juliet denying her own sexual harassment claim. And it proves that Hillary knew way more than she was letting on about that, that she knew Juliet was lying about the sexual harassment lawsuit and didn't tell anybody about it. Hillary let Kane get sued anyway. Really, in a lot of ways, that was, uh, one of the breaking points for Kane's life, for his job, for his marriage. And Hillary knew information that she didn't share. Uh, I, like, honestly, I think this is going to ruin. I wasn't I wasn't expecting this to come back up. I think it's going to ruin any goodwill that Hillary has built up with Devon. Um, So it kind of is it's a little disappointing in that regard. But also it's going to ruin any goodwill that Hillary's built up with Lily, probably with Charlie and Maddie, too. On Friday, Hillary and Lily had a moment where um, Hillary told Lily about what a good boy Charlie is, obviously. (laughs) And Lily managed to squeeze out a little bit of a compliment about the Hillary hour, saying it was almost watchable. So those two are not going to be friends after this comes out. And then there's Kane. Remember how Kane and Hillary had gotten really close and they were bonding with Sam? Well, that friendship is going to go up in flames when he finds out that she knowingly let him get hung out to
1: try by Juliet. I loved
0: the simplicity. Of Lily and Kane's recommitment ceremony. There was no priest, there were no guests, it was just Lily and Kane and their children, and it was something that was more just about family. You know, a wedding is so much more than what we think of with romance and flowers and just having a party. It's really about the people and the family bonding. And I think that the way the ceremony was presented was very much about that. You know, romance is important, as Nikki was uh, reminding Lily this week. Nikki knows firsthand that being involved in a marriage of convenience is not satisfying, but I don't get the impression that that's Lily and Kane's situation, fortunately. I think, that Lily and Kane really have it all. I think they just need to work on tweaking the details. And I want to see a couple who is successful at tweaking those details and making it work. And I loved that the ceremony it was all about combining the past and the present, the romantic and the functional. And I think that was perfectly represented when Lily brought her dress. Uh, her two dresses from the first wedding and the second wedding to Chelsea. And uh, Chelsea had the genius idea of combining them to
1: create something new. To me, that was a meaningful moment. Well, why don't we just take a quick little opportunity to talk about the fashion
0: for this week because we had wedding and Valentine's Day and we haven't done our best and worst dressed in a while. So I thought I would toss out there that I really thought my, my best dressed for the week was... Lily and her fused dress—I just loved it. I thought she looked adorable. I thought the earrings she had on uh, and the simple diamond necklace that she had on were simple and perfect. And it was just totally reflective in every way of the scene and 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 and, and the importance of what was going on. It just—it represented the moment perfectly. It was perfect, perfect, perfect. I even thought that Kane. Well, of course, you know I thought this, but I thought he looked good. And his black suit, black tie white shirt, very crisp very clean, Charlie standing right behind him looking adorable. Charlie is going to be such a hunk when he gets older <laughs> I hope we get to keep this actor because I just like him. I just like his personality. He's he's fun and spunky and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him um, We really haven't even seen much of, of Maddie lately either. She was there on Lily's side uh, in, a, in a really a pretty pink dress it almost kind of looked like maybe it was it had flowers on it and they actually kind of looked like lilies um I thought Natty looked really pretty um, at the Valentine's Day party, actually, I noticed that the cut of Maddie's dress was very similar to the cut of Chelsea's dress. Uh, Chelsea had on kind of like this light pink and fuchsia, uh, uh, like, I don't know what you even call that cut, but it was a really pretty print uh, with like sparkle. It had kind of like gold sparkles embedded in the fabric. The only thing I didn't like was Chelsea's lipstick. That was not right. She had on, Because the dress was pink with these fuchsia accents, they gave her the this dark fuchsia lipstick and it was too dark it was too and it it was too dark and it was too unnatural like it just didn't look right she was in this pretty pink dress and then she had these like crazy bold lips I love a bold lip (laughs) that's like my thing but I mean it was it was a little too much for me um who else we had Nikki at the Valentine's Day party in black and white. I was sad, though, to see her and Victor just kind of parting ways at the end of the night, like, oh, yeah, happy Valentine's Day. I'm going to take a car and go out. And then it's the same thing. They're just living completely separate lives. Uh, That was disappointing. But I think um, my second best dressed of the night was Hillary. I just, um, I mean, I always love the way she looks, but I just really liked the simplicity of what she was giving us. It was like a well-fitted, solid pink dress with these cute heart earrings uh, and, and her hair looked flawless. Her makeup is flawless. I just, I liked where everybody else is wearing red and black and white. We had Hillary in this really uh, pretty pink. Phyllis was also doing the, the black and red. Phyllis had on like this twisty red, red and black across the chest dress. Uh, it was it was very Phyllis. Um, she looked she looked good, I guess. Um, the thing that I OK, so worst dress. I hate to, I feel bad saying this, but I felt like Victoria did not look that great in that roses dress, that red roses dress that JT bought for her. Like, first of all, that dress seemed more like something that Phyllis would wear, like, it just didn't see, it's not that it was a bad dress, but it just felt like it didn't fit Victoria's personality. Like, Victoria is not a burning passion red rose kind of woman, like, and it had that exposed bustier. It just, it seemed a little more, like, revealing than Victoria usually is, and if I think about it, it's kind of the same thing with that other dress that JT bought her, or no, or she, or something, I can't remember if he bought it or whatever, but remember she had the that black dress at the cocktail, the the home cocktail party that JT threw. And it was also very revealing. So like now that I think about it, I guess the thing about these dresses we're seeing Victoria in is that they seem very nice, but they're just not her. So in a way, it's like I just feel like Victoria is consistently trying to wear something to be something that she's not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, anyway, that I've tangented. <laughs> what do you guys think? Who's your best and worst dressed of the week? Definitely uh, give me some comments on that because
1: uh, it's been a while since we've had a proper fashion review. I wouldn't say no to a spanking. (laughs) Very, very
0: cheeky, Mr. Billy Abbott. Uh, Billy said that line to Phyllis last week. I wouldn't say no to a spanking. (laughs) I don't know if a lot of people zeroed in on that scene or if it was just that it sounded so obviously like something naughty that Billy would say, but a bunch of you got it right. So I'm going to give congratulations to Lynn Henry, Colleen, Jamie, Isabel, Zoperplex, Sandra, Nancy, Ellen, Ambreen, Erin, Tanya, Heather, Diana, and Irene. Congratulations, you all got that right, but can you do it again? I like this line. I thought it was kind of, um, I don't know, it sounds like something out of a book, like a storybook. So here you go. Here's our quote for the week. Who said it? On a chilly Genoa City morning in February, it begins. (laughs) Doesn't it sound um, like literary? On a chilly Genoa City morning in February, it begins. (laughs) If you think you know who said that, go to yrchat.com and leave me your guess. If you get it right, I will give you your
1: epic shout out on next week's YNR Chat. All right, let's get down to our comments, and I will try my very best to, <laughs> to to read
0: all three pages right here this week. Okay, first up, I had some comments on the poll question for last week about Ashley versus Victoria, so I thought I'd read a couple pro Ashley and a couple pro Victoria. So here's our pro Ashley comments first Ellen at yrchat.com says, I support Ashley. I haven't forgotten how truly nasty Victoria was when she walked into. To Newman after Victor had to bail out brash and sassy. She acted like she was God's gift to the business world and stomped all over Abby, her sister, without a second thought. She was rotten to Lily and Scott, too. She deserves to be brought down a peg or two or ten. <laughs> <laughs> Diana at YRChat.com says, I hope Ashley doesn't make nice like she mentioned to JT. That would be lame and boring. I hope Ashley finds out what Victoria is up to with Jack and goes back to giving Victoria a run for her money. I kind of think, I just feel like maybe that is what's going to happen. Uh, a couple of pro-Victoria comments here. Kiki at YRChat.com says, Ashley's bitter that she was shot down by a chance to be the CEO of Jabot. Uh, because of the blood Abbot clause that Jack put in place. So she wants to one-up Jack by being the CEO of his biggest rivals company. Ashley's coming off like Victor and Jack Jr. Kathy at YRChat.com says, Victoria is no competition for the ruthless when she wants to be Ashley, especially when she is running full speed when dealing with Jack. Oh, yes, I know. It's a good debate, though, right? I think in that way, it it makes it at least interesting. Um, Let's talk about Victoria and JT. Gary left me a voicemail saying, I wasn't watching YNR then. What kind of love did Victoria and JT have? Were they a great love? I thought I'd toss this out to the crowd, uh, too. What What are your memories of JT and Victoria together? Would you have considered them a great love? Because I wouldn't. I would consider... Um JT and Victoria to kind of be a surprising couple. Uh, One of those that you didn't necessarily see coming and then it happened and it was like, alright, alright, they're cute together, but I definitely personally wouldn't categorize it as great love. Um, Gary also uh, had had mentioned that we did have some dialogue this week centering around great loves and uh, Victoria had mentioned that uh, in a way Colleen was JT's and Ryan was hers That was uh, an interesting throwback. Do you guys remember Ryan? And actually, both of their great loves had died. That was a connection that I probably never would have made on my own. Um, I do remember Ryan quite a bit. Uh, It was, of course, as Gary mentioned, when Heather Tom was playing the role. So um, but it was it was it was way back in the day, like uh, them falling in love in the stables. It was a very ranch like Victoria, I think, was underage. Victor did not like it. Uh, But Ryan was a sweet. Sweetie. He was he was like an 80s, 90s heartthrob. You know, I mean, he had the hair, you know, kind of his hair was sort of feathered back. I was sad when he died. I don't know why YNR needed to kill him. Diana at YRChat.com says when Victoria was dancing with Billy, it felt realistic how JT reacted. I'm not condoning his actions at all. He should have expressed his feelings in a much better fashion and have been more mature. At the same time, there are men or women who may very well behave that way that JT did, reacting compulsively, not discussing how they feel, just storming off. I'm just glad Weiner brought JT back to the show, as I find his character to be very interesting and engaging. I think you um, make it's, it's very similar to um, what I was saying about Ashley and victoria it's like to me uh, i'm mad at jt obviously i'm finding him creepy but at the same time it has created a very um juicy story that has i think created some conversation which is something that i really like it's getting people talking about the show that's for sure uh so i wanted to present that um that that sort of perspective on things that's a little different from my own or my reaction um shakona at yrchat.com though says JT behaves like a man who is grasping for control. The way he wants Victoria to wear what he buys, changing her meetings without her knowledge, planning a dinner, expecting her to go along with it. Scary and cringeworthy. Run, Victoria. Uh, Tina Cole at YRChat.com also kind of backs that up, saying, Victoria needs to run away from this toxic relationship with JT. His verbal outburst at her for dancing with Billy was so uncalled for. I understand seeing them dance made him uncomfortable, but he should have approached Victoria maturely and and calmly told her uh, about how the dance made him uncomfortable. She was trying to stay calm and talk to him like an adult. And he just seemed to be constantly making her feel awful by acting like a child and then made up for it with a few romantic gestures. This is supposed to be the honeymoon stage of their relationship. And there is already so many arguments and issues. The relationship will never get any better than what it is now. Oh, Nicole yes I mean that is I could have said that myself that's exactly how I feel Um, there was also an interesting I'll add to that uh, conversation between J T and Victoria, uh, where it was it it, it it was sort of implied that, that it almost feels like we're dealing with two different personalities of J T. Like sometimes he's Mr. Romantic, and sometimes he's a, a giant child. And he said something to the fact, fe- the effect of, "I know sometimes I it's like I'm dealing or like I'm a twin." Or there was some sort of twin mention by him, and we we know that that actor Thad Luckenbill has a, an identical twin. Bride. So I did kind of dawn on me that hmm, I wonder if there's any chance YNR is going to do a twin twist, like I, you know what I mean, like living double lives or like they're swapping in and out. I don't know. Jamie at YRchat.com says I'm very disappointed in JT for his manipulative and controlling behavior toward Victoria. On top of that, he's watching waltzing around GC like an entitled brat to most everyone except Tracy. Is it bad that I'm pretty wrapped up in this borderline abuse story? I find it compelling and frighteningly relatable. Hopefully we will get to see Victoria strong. Again, Jamie, these could have been my words. Like it's hard to watch JT act the way he is. And yet the storyline is surprisingly effective and that it's evoking a lot of emotion and a lot of conversation. Because to me, it feels like frighteningly familiar too. Like, oh, you're giving me red flags and I just it's just I have a zero p- tolerance policy for red flags like that like there is nobody to me personally who's worth that like you know I just I just don't think Victoria needs him if this is what it's gonna be and a- again I just back to Tina Cole's comment I think it was um it's never gonna get any better this is your honeymoon stage; just as good as it's gonna get you're gonna be dealing with this plus more in the future Oh, let's switch over to the Abbots. Gary left me a voicemail also saying, Did you hear that? Jack has announced that Dina's days are winding down in Paris and that she'll be back soon. I hope so. He also had some dialogue thrown in that she was doing really well, so hopefully she comes back and they can have another crack at being a great support system for each other. Um, Is Mal going to try to bring Dina back a little more coherent? Gary asks. Um, well, I certainly hope so, too. But it isn't. Inter- I, I did note that that um, Jack did seem to say that Dina was coming back, that she wasn't always going to be in Paris. So maybe that is a little bit of a hint to us. She did say for sure she was going to be back. <laughs> so maybe uh, another interesting note that Gary mentioned was that Tracy said she was going to Paris to live with Dina and to help her saying uh, that she could write from Paris and do her job from there. And then Tracy was back in Genoa City in three days. She's hardly spent any. Time there whatsoever. Oh, uh, yes. Um, Anna left me a voicemail saying, I'm so happy Tracy's on the show. I just wish she wasn't always crying. Yes! The actress emotes pain. Yes, this is a painful situation, but she doesn't do anything but cry. (laughs) Yeah, I think that I think again, I think Tracy is a character who would be worth bringing on more than just to 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 heal wounds and to and to cry. I mean, I feel I feel that argument. That's a good argument. Uh, I just think there's so many more places we could go with Tracy. Justin left me a voicemail, say, kind of with a throwback to a couple weeks ago when we were commenting on Jack's purple tie and, and how it related to Marco. And Justin had a bit of insight on this, that purple is a color for Alzheimer's awareness. And so that might have been uh, the reason why Jack was wearing his purple tie. Uh, Justin also says he's open to a recast of Chelsea, specifically casting Allie in the role of Chelsea. What do you think about that? Would I make a good Chelsea? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I was ta- I, I don't know why it must just be in my head. I've been ta- like imagining myself on YNR lately or something because Gary also had an idea to cast me as uh, as Kimo's girlfriend coming back onto the show. I'm very like a very level headed, grounded character, maybe with some glasses, looking all smart. Do we have any other ideas of ways that we can cast me into Genoa City? I love it. <laughs> I love to hear it. Erin on YouTube says whoever's writing for Chelsea is doing a good job because Chelsea's supposed to be a con artist, but she never gave me that vibe. Flash forward years later and she's conning money from Lauren and from her own company. She's lying to Nick very easily and with confidence. She's hiding money and using Adam's grave as a cover up. She really is a con artist. You know what, if I'm taking over the role of Chelsea, though, I don't know if I'd make a good con artist actress. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But yeah, she is. It's very effective. Lauren at YRchat.com says did I miss something where did that engagement ring come from Chelsea proposes to Nick and he happens to have an extra ring lying around or she bought it for herself and had him give it to her these people have so many engagement rings I hope they have some type of file on every woman in Genoa City so no guy gets the same ring once (laughs) oh man yeah I I like that too I did wonder like okay that came out of nowhere they probably he probably got from wedding rings are us. (laughs) Or 1-800-WEDDING-RINGS. Zuberplex at YRchat.com, this is good, says what needs to be emphasized here is that Chelsea's scheme envisions her and Christian hightailing it out of Genoa City together. We can be confident that this is the case because her conversation with Christian, a minor who obviously is incapable of comprehending what has been said, was the equivalent of an interior monologue. She made it explicitly clear that it was her relationship with Christian that triggered her actions. Consequently, is Chelsea planning to kidnap Christian? Should Victor follow her with or follow through with this threat? She is she's so self-centered, so impervious to the emotions of Nick that she's willing to wrench his son away from him just so she can enjoy the pleasure of raising Christian. I love this comment superflex too, because that does sort of it it reveals a little bit of something. Like if Chelsea's planning to go away, like leave town, it she probably was never going to leave Christian, you know? Like if she feels like she's got to go, I think that she probably in her mind was going to take the kids. I I just don't think YNR is going to go in that direction, though. It's a, it's a little too far. I think they would leave that those kids with Nick. Superplex also had a good line at YRchat.com saying, I had to laugh when Chelsea expressed astonishment that Victor rarely visited Christmas or Crimson Lights during the daytime. Why? Because he's Dracula? <laughs> seriously and he does he does sort of enter a room like he is Dracula and it's like you're not usually here during the day shouldn't you be in your coffin (laughs) right about now Ah, oh, Daisy on Facebook says, as Phyllis continues to go after Chelsea, all I can think of is Phyllis kidnapping Adam. And now she's going after Adam's widow. Harper also left me a voicemail saying, Phyllis is really annoying me right now. I know what Chelsea did was wrong, but everybody else is willing to let it go. Why are you pursuing it? I thought, that uh, Phyllis and Chelsea were friends. So there you have it. I mean, there's definitely some folks out there who are not feeling Phyllis. That's why I want to get some votes and some comments on that poll this week. Uh, Are you just wishing Phyllis would back off? Anna left me an interesting voicemail saying, I've always been a Sharon fan, but I don't like the direction that her character is taking. She's just kind of there with no real storyline, nothing happening to her, just getting involved in as a sideline. You know, oddly, Anna, I was a little annoyed with Sharon this week, too. Like, I just felt like Sharon was being so judgmental toward Chelsea, throwing in Chelsea's face things that that Chelsea told her about Adam in confidence. Like, Chelsea thought she was speaking with Sharon in a safe space, in a safe way. And then Sharon, after learning about the proposal, was really pressing her and kind of getting nasty with her, I felt. Uh, I mean, like, I'm getting it coming from Phyllis. Like, Phyllis is just, being Phyllis. But I felt like Sharon was a little more inappropriate. You want to talk about uh, thinking that they were friends. I mean, I I thought Sharon and, and Chelsea were developing a little bit more of like, I don't know, at least some nice moments, building some trust. And, and rather than tr- than Sharon trying to get Chelsea to open up again, that she just kind of jumped on her. So that, that that was one moment where I was like, back off, Sharon. <laughs> I don't know why, but I felt like back off Sharon more than back off Phyllis. I don't know why. Well, because, she, again, probably because Sharon's not really involved directly in the storyline. She's just kind of commenting off on the sides, being, being a, almost, she's the one that's coming off more as nosy to me anyway. Rose at yrchat.com says on Friday, Devon said to Hillary, I didn't grow up to be an arrogant ladies man like my bio uh, uh, an arrogant ladies man like my biological dad. I found that statement hilarious because I spent the entire week thinking how skeezy Devon is because he revealed that his company's new talent was also his Valentine's date. Gross. Is this intentional irony of the writers that Hamilton Winters, which handles PR for other companies, has talent stealing songs and then still being highly utilized and visible in representation of the company and then the ceo asks the talent out on his private jets for dates as soon as they sign hey hillary i've got a story idea for your show hashtag me too good comment never would have thought of that but yeah i mean yeah i was annoyed with devon but i didn't even make that uh the, the me too connection that's a good one maybe it is why and are trying to be relevant Tony at YRchat.com says someone commented in last week's YNR chat about Hillary and her sperm search. In the past, there have been several Genoa City men who've donated sperm. Abby was conceived with Victor's sperm, and I recall sperm being sought after and fought over uh, by Ashley and Nikki. So most interestingly, it was (laughs) kept in a thermos-type container in the hall closet at Victor's penthouse. (laughs) What happened to Victor's penthouse? Uh, Yeah, I know. There's a couple of different sperm. Someone a couple of the people also told me uh, about, you know, Billy's mystery sperm that is floating around out there somewhere. That's what Chloe used to get pregnant or what she thought maybe she was using to get pregnant with uh, Bella. Also, I thought that was a funny throwback to Victor's penthouse because wasn't someone mentioning the penthouse just last uh, last week or this week? Didn't I think the the penthouse Is Adam's. I think that I think the implication was that I do remember Victor's old penthouse didn't look anything like the penthouses that we've got now. But I think there wasn't there an implication earlier in the week that Victor gave that uh, to Adam. I kind of think it's supposed to be the same penthouse. Right? I don't know. Maybe you guys can uh, weigh in on that. Ann at YRChat.com is into a Fox Drama called 911. So it's on. Um, it's on the channel Fox, and the and the show's called 911. Uh, in the pilot, the actress who plays Faith has a role as a home alone child. And the most recent episode had both Michael Rourke, who played Travis, and Jessica Collins, who played Avery, a while back. Um, I looked that up too. I guess it's a show about first responders. Uh, so that's very interesting that they're you know using a lot of YNR peeps. It's good to know that YNR people are at least going on and. Continuing to, uh, to work steadily. Uh, Anna also had left me a voicemail asking like how do how do I talk to other YNR chat fans and I think um I did like maybe a couple years ago have the website set up so that you could direct message each other Uh, but it became very very difficult to manage very very quickly so I um I, I repurposed the website and it really is more of a blog now but if you hear a comment that you um want to respond to like when I read comments if you hear one and you want to respond to somebody directly, you can still go to the blog, uh, read through the comments and there's a little reply button there that you can uh, reply to um, someone else, another chatter directly. I just don't didn't I just don't have like the the actual like messaging system installed on the website. I need probably to like reimagine the website and do some more things with it. But it's just it ends up taking so much time, you know, like I'm always like, I want to do this or that or have a forum and let you guys initiate things. But then I got to moderate it and that is the whole thing because people come in crazy YNR fans come in that are like not cool leaving rude comments and I you know like it's like then I gotta remove that crap because I don't want it in my space I don't want negativity like I don't want some you know people coming on just to complain about like I don't know stupid stuff so or I mean complaining fine I don't mean to give give the impression but it's like I do still get a lot of comments that are like um I don't know just negative you know like think what you want but be you know loving of the show that's my only requirement is I want to know that you love the show like don't come on and say I hate it and I'm gonna stop watching it like put that somewhere else there's plenty of other places but anyway I know that's not what you were saying Anna Anna um, just but I know I need to do more with the website actually Ellen left me a comment at yrchat.com saying Allie, if you ever find the time it would be great to have a thumbs up or a smiley face emoji or some other way to quickly acknowledge your photo captions each week you crack me up your one liners are so good I'd like to be able to let you know I've enjoyed your efforts each week it's a fun feature and a light hearted look at some of the crazy things that happen during the week we need a way to give you a shout out a props kudos congrats Brian Bravo and a thank you. Well, thank you. You just did it, Ellen. That actually really kind of perks me up because the past, sometimes I'm, I'm doing the captions and I'm like, are these funny? <laughs> I'll, I'll like grab a screenshot and I'll try to come up with something funny to say underneath it. And then sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm very good at these. Zooperplex also goes in there and captions those photos and a lot of times it's way more funny than me. <laughs> so it's good to get the positive feedback. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it because it's like sometimes I do get the negative stuff too like I get people giving me thumbs downs a lot and saying not everything everybody gives me is is positive I'll just say that
1: uh, so it is good to get the positive uh reinforcement I appreciate it so thank you Okay, everybody, it is time for me to fly.
0: Yrchat.com, though, is your place to shine, so please feel free to go there, leave some comments. You can um, go to uh, the social networking places from there. All the links are there. Uh, The voicemail is 309-588-4569. Your comments and your feedback really do mean a lot to me, so I hope that you uh, keep leaving them. All right, everybody, have a good week, and we'll see what the fallout is (laughs) next week. We'll come back to chat about it uh, next Sunday. Okay, I love you guys. Bye!